Hello, welcome to my podcast, Almost Everything. Hey guys, I'm back. Have y'all been? Hope everyone's doing all right, enjoying the holidays. A little backstory on my so-called break. Um, as many students have done, I moved back home with my parents to be in quarantine, which is great. I missed my family and I feel like I was away from home for quite some time. Uh, however, as most of you know, and if you've heard my previous podcast, my dad is a teacher. So recording in the morning and afternoon is pretty difficult to get a clean recording without random noises in the back. And with on top of that, with my grad school, I'm, I rarely had time except for middle of the night kind of time. And that would be kind of weird to just be talking a lot in the middle of the night and potentially wake up my parents. But now school is done for now. My dad actually went to Peru for the holidays and I moved my setup into a quiet place in the house so I can finally set up a schedule. Starting next week, I'll be posting my podcast every Tuesday. But until then, I'll be releasing some podcasts that I've been saving to do. Well, with that out of the way, I would like to thank those who heard my first podcast. Teaching has always been something very important to me, and I was really happy with the feedback I got from that episode. Y'all know who you are, so thank you so much for listening and even talking to me about it afterwards. That's kind of how I want this podcast to go, so please, if you have an opinion or new information on the matter, or just want to point something completely wrong in what I said, everything is welcome. So, all right, so I've been saving this topic for some time now. Today I'm going to discuss the election of 2020. What the fuck happened in 2016? The battle of Democrats and Republicans. And why I think we're doomed no matter who's in office. All right, first order of business. Trump is finally gone. We finally got that little orange fucker out of office. The voter turnout was insane. It was between 66 to 72%. That's like the record right now. And then compare that to when Obama first ran from office, which was 57%. Like That's a huge jump. And it was pretty obvious that the turnout was going to be immense this year. Uh, I remember my first election that I was able to vote for, which was in 2016. Um, it was the Hillary versus Trump um, race. Um, honestly, I had a feeling that Hillary could lose, but everyone else was so sure she was going to win. And it was kind of, it was pretty clear Hillary had a background in politics while Trump had zero background in politics. Um, but anyway, but um, everyone was just kind of just talking about Hillary and Trump. We weren't really talking about much other things, you know, nothing else really seemed to be important to us at the time. Um, but in this election, obviously the candidates matter, you know, Biden and Trump. Um, but now we were talking about more things. We were talking about propositions. We were talking about congressmen and congresswomen, governors, police chiefs. We were talking about city laws rather than government laws. It was a very different vibe from what I experienced in 2016. I would hang out with friends and we would actually talk about the elections and propositions and other things about uh, the election. Um, I won't name names, but I was hanging out with some friends in SF and we were talking about the election. Uh, this was before the voting even started. Um, it was a really long conversation, but what really surprised me was what I did in the conversation. So a little backstory, uh, my friend made a PowerPoint slide about propositions and wrote down what each proposition would mean if you voted yes or no on it. I thought it was really cool and it definitely helped me when I was filling in my ballot. Okay, so now back to the conversation. One person asked, hey, what does this proposition mean? None of us could answer it well. Google was really vague and then I remembered the PowerPoint. I gave him the link to the PowerPoint and then the conversation switched to the PowerPoint. Oh, by the way, I just realized that they told me to say thank you and that that PowerPoint was a great help. Um, but they also did pass it down to their friends and I wonder how much 
helped uh it gave to other people so yeah that was really great help um but we still did our own research but but then it got me thinking that you know we were all college students so we should know some basics right and we had the internet to look up these propositions and yet we couldn't really get a straight answer you know it it literally took another college student to do more work so that others can understand it better and i'm pretty sure there were others who did similar things and i would just like to say to all of those who did thank you it helped me and probably hundreds and hundreds of other people maybe thousands of other people get through their ballot and understand everything because this election has been so confusing just for everybody um, but it was great to see young adults really be vocal about their opinions and and their take on the unjust in the world um, even if you weren't vocal or posted anything on social media if you went out and voted you did your part um, but how did we get here how did Trump get into office. What the fuck happened in 2016? Well, for that, I have to go back to 2008. What a great year 2008 was. The stock market crashed due to the mortgage crisis. The Giants won the Super Bowl. The first Iron Man was released in theaters. Kobe Bryant had won his first and only regular season MVP trophy. And Obama was elected as the 44th president of the United States. Not gonna lie, Obama was handed the country in a really horrible state. The stock market crashed, unemployment was skyrocketing, people were losing their homes due to the mortgage crisis. The country needed help, and Obama was up to bat. But how can one person make everyone happy? There's just no way. Someone was going to be upset once Obama did his thing. And that turned out to be mostly Republicans. Due to the market crash, big corporations needed bailout money to keep functioning. Obama made it tough for them. He played some hardball with them, which, you know, makes sense. You know, if you want money, give something up for it. Um, but Obama's main concern was to the middle and lower classes, which in reality were the two most impacted by the crash. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about every reason why Obama was disliked by Republicans, but I believe this was the main one. And also the Health Care Act, which took away a lot of money from big medical insurance companies. Um, the companies were still getting paid for their services, but at just a lower rate once again upset a lot of republicans and to top it all off he passed the health care act with such a low to no votes from the republican side the affordable health care act known as obamacare was passed in the senate with a 60 to 39 vote win every single republican voted no every single one except for one who didn't vote very american of him if i say so myself a senator not voting Kind of ironic, since it took votes for him to get into office. Anyway, in the, in the House is where things got a bit rocky. Long story short, Obama had to face the pro-life Democrats in the House, and they would not budge unless the Hyde Amendment was added, which is basically saying federal money will not be used for abortions unless the mother's life is endangered if the birth was to happen, and or, or if the child was conceived due to rape or incest. However, to add this amendment, Obama used an executive order. After this, the bill was passed on a 219, 219 to 212 vote, with a total of 178 Republicans voting no. The act passed and signed and was signed on March of 2010. Now, when Obama used the executive order to add the amendment, this angered both sides a lot. And when I mean both sides, I mean Democrats and Republicans. The ones for Obamacare 
didn't understand why Obama took a step back from his pro-abortion stand and added the Hyde Amendment and basically called him weak. These were Democrats saying this, not Republicans. The ones against Obamacare didn't like that he used an executive order to add the amendment because executive orders can be rescinded at any time by any administration. So they felt it was a matter of time till Obama pulled the fast one on them. Now, all this happened in the first two years of Obama's presidency. It's pretty clear that the Republicans in Congress did not like Obama. But now we were about to see the wrath of the Republicans. This is where it got. This is how crazy it got. In 2008, when Obama was voted into office, this is how the Senate and House looked like. 57 Democrats to 41 Republicans and two, Demo and two independents in the Senate. And 257 Democrats to 178 Republicans in the House. This was the only time that Democrats controlled both the House and the Senate with Obama as president. In 2010, a little after the Obamacare Act was signed, is when we saw a huge shift in the House. 257 Democrats in 2008 went down to 193 in 2010. The Republicans went from 178 to 242 in 2010 with the Republicans complete control of the House. And then later on, the Senate was won by the Republicans in the 2014 midterm elections. Now, this basically means Obama would have to work with a government in which either the House or both were against him at one point or another. This conflict between both parties have been there for years. I can bring up the whole Clinton scandal and how Republicans used that against him. But Republicans winning both the House and the Senate wasn't their doing. It was us, the voters. People who voted during those years apparently didn't like how Obama was running the show. And they had their reasons. Obama helped a lot of jobs, helped make a lot of jobs. Um, he gave people the Affordable Health Care Act. That's a big win in my book. But if you really look at what the jobs were made, um, they were made in urban areas. Urban areas were greatly helped during all this time. But what was left behind? That was the rural areas. You know, when we saw the election happen recently and all those states turn blue and red, well, you know that huge red spot in the middle of the country? Yeah, that's mostly rural areas. Sure, you have cities here and there, but if you know if you go to Kansas for some reason, you'll probably only stay in Kansas City because other than that, you'll see small towns, farms. And it's hard to bring jobs there because there's really no business to make there. It's not profitable. And the stock market crash affected everyone. So they felt that their needs weren't met with Obama, which is why you saw a huge change in the House after 2010 and how 2016 happened. Obama was finally done with his two terms basically means he can't run for president anymore. And the battle of Hillary and Trump began. Honestly, Hillary really messed up badly. She dropped the ball on this so bad. Hillary was a sure win, but her past came up and Trump used every single thing he could get his hands on, which was the smartest thing to do because he was a huge underdog coming into this election and he did whatever he had to do to win. And at the end, he got what he wanted. Trump won the election. Um, and I'd rather not go down memory lane of what 2016 to 2020 were like with him in office, but we were all there. We all know what he did. We saw what he did, and we responded accordingly. But is Trump the problem, though? Was he the main cause of all this? Hell no. Is he a part of a bigger issue? Hell yes. But I would like to thank him for something. 
thank you for opening a platform for racists and sexists to feel comfortable because, hey, they see themselves in you. Now the rest of the world can see what a big shit show we actually are. We can finally weed out people, those types of people out of our society. The issue I have with this, though, is how far we are taking this. We see it all the time now. People getting their photos taken at Trump rallies and then getting fired at their jobs afterwards. We saw it all over Twitter. Everyone retweeted it. I, like, it was all over Twitter. People are getting called out for being Republicans. Now, I understand that this circumstance is different because they're supporting a racist and sexist. But what's going to happen in 2024? We are going to have to vote between Democrats and Republicans again. And we saw what the Trump versus Biden election brought us. Is this going to happen every four years? Are Democrats and Republicans ever going to see eye to eye again? How will the general public respond in 2024? Are we just going to be a country where we ask if you're Democrat or Republican and then judge you based on that? In my eyes, it looks like that's going to be the case later down the road. Now, if you can't tell from my tone in the podcast, I'm a Democrat. And probably most of you are since you're still listening after the way I talked about Trump. Now, I want all you to really think about the last time you read or heard something nice about the Republican Party. Probably not in a long time or ever, really. It was pretty strange to me at first because, you know, that's basically half of our government. So how can we not hear anything good about them? There must be something. So I asked someone that I know who is a Republican and who voted for Trump in the first election. I asked him the same question I asked myself. When was the last time you heard something good about the Democratic Party? And he said the same thing I said, and he hasn't heard anything great at all, and, and I'm not in a long time. Now, to understand the root problem of this, you should probably watch uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It explains thoroughly why you know, people who go for the Democratic Party only see Democratic stuff and why Republican, you know, followers or supporters only see Republican stuff. But I'll give you a quick recap. Basically, the people you follow and all your likes form your social media. You know, Facebook isn't going to show you an article about something you aren't interested in. Um, so if you hate Trump, you'll probably like a lot of posts about anti-Trump propaganda and probably have friends who think the same as you. Thus, everything in your social media will only have things you like or what your friends like. So if all of your friends are Democrats, then you'll probably get a lot of good Democratic posts and vice versa if you are Republican. Now, this is the reason why I think we're doomed no matter who is in office. Over these four years, the Democrat voters will just keep finding more reasons to hate the Republicans and their views and so will the Republicans. I feel like it's going to be a constant loop of pointing fingers and a lot of yelling and most likely violence. But how can we stop this? I have no clue. We can try to be friends with each other, but with so much hate out there between the two, I highly doubt that that will ever happen. People are unfollowing people because they aren't in the same political party. People are, are cutting family ties due to this also. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, you should do that and you shouldn't because that's none of anyone's business. But this just shows that being a part of a political party can cause you to lose friends and family members. But are all Republicans bad? Just because Trump is the face of the Republican Party doesn't mean the entire party is the same as Trump. 
We've seen Republicans talk against Trump. We've seen, we even seen some laugh at him. That was pretty funny to watch. I personally love one Republican in particular. And yes, he's a little bit older, but um, it was Ronald Reagan. I, I wasn't even born. My mom wasn't even in the United States. She was still in Peru, but my dad was. And thanks to that man, my dad got his papers in under a year. Under the Reagan term, a lot of immigrants got papers, including my dad. So y'all can say Trump is a horrible person and a piece of trash, but I will never forget about Ronald Reagan and what he did for my dad. Because of that, he was able to make a life here in the United States. Gave my brother and I a better life. My parents were able to go to college in the States. And sure, everything I, I got in my life, I can give thanks to my mom and my dad 100%. But with how hard it is to get papers now, Reagan helped my family so much without even coming into contact. My dad couldn't even vote, and yet he received so much help from the government. And I can also go off on what he did for education as well, but this would turn into a really, really long podcast. Basically, what I'm trying to get to is that, yes, Trump is trash, but does he really represent all Republicans? Try to keep an open mind. Now, I know it's kind of unrealistic to say, oh, there's another Reagan in the Republican Party. We just got to find him. But to be honest, I'll look anywhere if I can find somebody like that again. Like, he was liked by both parties. He got shit done. Will we ever see someone like that in office? Liked by both parties? I highly doubt it. Like We barely like each other as it is now. All right. Thank you. Thank you all for listening uh, to the end. It means a lot to me. Um, I'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday starting next week. I might drop a random episode between today and Tuesday. Just depends on how the holidays are. But anyways, thanks again for listening. Hope y'all come back and hear the next one. Have a Merry Christmas. Stay safe.